Welcome to the Teacher Squad podcast, episode three. What are we going to talk about this week, Jane? Well, I'm going to talk about things that come quickly. Mmm, whoosh. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to go all doom and gloom and I'm going to have a bit of a rant. I'm going to get the soapbox out. Oh, dear. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting Ginny Bootman, who is our specialist, Senko, who's going to be talking about the power of listening to the quiet voices. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, wonder of words, there's going to be a little bit of poetry and maybe some murder. Well, let's get started, Heather. We've got a lot to get in this week. Hello, Heather. How was your week? I tell you what, I had a bit of a nightmare week. I really oh, no, did. Why? Oh, my goodness. We have this rule in our family, like everyone goes to bed together. You can't do sneaky sleeps. You can crash on the sofa, but you can't like suddenly go upstairs and get to bed. But I just thought they are all the family's distracted. I'm just going to sneak up, put my gym jams on, have a little lie down. Then there's a load of kerfuffle on the street. Look out and there's a road rage, full on attack and a man punching another man through the window four times. So (gasps) I run down and I'm suddenly in the middle of this de-escalation, phone the ambulance, blood. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. Oh, Jane, where do you even live? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'll tell you one thing. Where I live, we are top draw for car insurance. Yeah. I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm here because I tried living in the countryside and looking at donkeys and chickens. And it it was boring. (laughs) Didn't like it. So I'm now right in the thick of it. Need to be at the seaside. Oh, tell me about your week. I hope it was better than mine. Well, it's been a busy week, a very yeah. busy week, and um, chicken pox have invaded the house, which is no. not great. No. So we've been on mad hunt for calamine lotion. Is that how you say it? Calamine? Calamine? She got it on her tongue. She got it on her tongue. No, no, it's just on the back at the moment. Oh, Hopefully dear. it'll stay there. But I felt really old-fashioned going, oh, we need the calamine. Is that what you do? Or is there a yeah. new fandangled no. remedy? No, that is just, that's called good mothering, calamine. Yeah, Oh, I that. am Mother Earth. That's me. Oh. No. <laughs> roll with it, roll with it. I'm Mum of the Year it. Award. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get a mug. I'm sure I've got one anyway. <laughs> Oh dear. And uh have um well sorry about the, the punch bag story, but I, I actually hello, you have forced me to do this every week. Uh I have noticed you're a bit grumpy this week, actually, Heather. I just think the tables have turned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the moody cow back. rubbing off on you not the other way around i'm just tired i'm just tired i think oh dear but in light of what you make me do every week i have been seeking out the science and it takes four positive things to happen four to overcome one negative thing 
And I've been reflecting on that ever such a lot. Is that why I had to sleep a lot of sleep with a lot of people when I was younger? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, no, I'm here. Yeah, what is your little nugget of niceness this week, Heather? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm grateful for a lot of things. When it's a busy week, loads of good stuffs happen. So I'm going to tell you two good things that have happened. Most of the week, I've been surrounded by beautiful brand new children's books being wrapped up in gorgeous tissue paper going out in our Reading Rocks teacher subscription boxes, which is so exciting to just be thinking about all the book joy going out into all the schools across the country. You see, I'm getting excited. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I've been involved in choosing some of those books that go out and it's just a real delight that is a real slice of nice isn't it and um just how grateful teachers are that you put so much thought into curating that that's not easy the amount of hard work I know you put in behind the scenes liaising with publishers and getting good deals for people and actually it's not just Ross it's you are thinking about the best books for year groups and the top quality um, books that are going to help curriculum, their teacher thinking. I mean, you really do work tirelessly for that. Um, no, you know, it, no, you really feel do. like I'm working hard, but I know it's it's something that takes time and that's what we're trying to do, get, you know, give the teachers back that time because, you know, time short profession. Mm, um, but yeah. my second piece of gratitude, can tell you that as well, squeeze it in. Um, on Friday last week, I was at a brilliant reading school in St. Austell and they had a massive uh, launch day for the BBC 500 Words competition. Amazing. Seven authors and then about eight other primary schools from the local area all came in. Oh, it was a really, really good day. It just filled me up with lots of lots of book joy and to see all the inspiration just kind of pinging off mm. around the room. What about you, Jane? Come on. What are you grateful for? Well, um, my slice of nice isn't very, I suppose, save the planet-ish. And I I, I feel a bit shameful, actually, about my uh, bit I'm grateful for. Um, I have discovered this week Tesco Whoosh. Now, I don't know where you live. You might not get a whoosh, but I, this comes freaking whooshingly quick, let me tell you. you it's you just on your phone. It's just Tesco's and you just but it's a, a it's a whoosh delivery service which means it's kind of within you. You don't have to book a delivery slot. It's here. Uh, you know, really quick. And How quick? Uh, well, where we live Honestly, three minutes, four minutes it is no. that quick, super speedy. I'm going to uh, guess that we don't go <laughs> in Cornwall. Everything <laughs> comes directly. And um, the other thing is, uh, I don't want this to sound like really gushy and uh, off-putting. And it might sound like I've been arguing with my husband Ian all week. I haven't. I, I've really, and don't misinterpret this as I'm making this about uh, loving my hubby, but he whooshed. It, I was, you know, in awe. And then, have you ever done this? Like, I 
I've been on this planet for 52 years and I've never known this. Double cream, like you're going to make like uh, a chicken in cream sauce, but cream, half cream, hear me out, half cream, half um, chicken stock. Now, I just, I, of course, I've used chicken stock before in doing casseroles and gravy, but I've never done cream and chicken stock, stock and cream. That is... And was it good? Oh, so good. So between whoosh and chicken stock and cream, I've got to say, I think I had, I don't know if it's because of the quickness I enjoyed. Oh, don't quote me out of context. <laughs> <laughs> or the cream. Oh, hello. <laughs> I just loved it. Oh, it was gorgeous. Top 10 meals of me marriage. Yeah, oh, I'm so. Do you not yeah. think, Jane, that like a, a, an amazing TA can be that whoosh moment where yes. you just need something and just by utter magic, it's like they haven't even left the room and they just know where it is, even in your like super messy cupboard. Is this what you're looking for, Mrs. Wright? Whoosh. Yes. That is what TAs are. They magic. are the whoosh of your life, aren't they? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I love my TA. Oh, Wendy, oh, my first ever TA, like she was a whoosh. She was a, oh, she just saved my bacon so many times. Yeah. What that have woman could do. Have you ever given a whoosh as well? Have you ever done that thing? It's a read, write, ink thing, isn't it? Where like kids have done something else and you give them a whoosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a, a candy a candy floss clap. Yeah. Oh, all that, yeah. <laughs> all of that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, or, had, um, yeah three stars and a wish yeah three stars and a white three wipes three wipes and a wish <laughs> <laughs> oh, episode man. one giggle that one. Oh no episode two giggle that one. Oh dear so um We've got to um, sum things up in sentences, haven't we? Sometimes it's hard, isn't it, to get it down in a, you know, in a pithy way. But um, what has what has yours been um, this week? What's well, on your mind, Heather? Before I go into my sentence, which maybe you are, um, you know, rubbing off on me, it's a bit. It's a bit of a ranty sentence this week, Ooh. but before I, before I do that, I feel like I've been spotting lots of sentences when I go to visit schools. Maybe you've spotted them as well. When you go to the staff toilets, mm. I, there's low, there's always a poster on the yeah. back of the door. Let me see. <laughs> I've saved one for you, Jane. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> this one says, oh, hang on, here we go. In times of change, the learners will inherit the earth, while the knowers will find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. Oh, hello. It's a bit deep, isn't it, while you're having a wee? A bit deep while you're having a wee. Yeah, and another one. Let me find it. Let me find it. This is what my phone's full of, people. But pictures at the back of a door when I'm having a little wee in the staff toilets. <laughs> Please don't imagine us in the toilets. In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. I mean, that's one to have when you're sitting down on a loo, isn't it? Apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's Albert Einstein. But I was thinking, oh, wow, there's these sentences it. all over the place and they're placed perfectly, you know, for, for a woman while she's having a wee to see. Mm -hmm. But what if they're like 
unisex toilets or in men's toilets have they got them above the urinals perfectly oh, sight line for the, the male teachers i feel like i need to know these things <laughs> and i feel like i want <laughs> i want the teacher squad to send us some of these sentences like you said jane we're working really hard to sum these things up yeah we need to we need some help to hear yeah. from the squad send us on instagram <laughs> twitter facebook oh, what God. sentence posters good bad ugly have you got in your school or schools that you're visiting you're going to spot one this week jane i know you are oh god yeah they're um it's yeah sometimes i go into loos i'll tell you a story about once when i was in a loo um this is when uh, I worked for the county council and we had to do some, you know, like horrific mock steads and things. And it was it was when I was young and naive and I knew no better. But um, we were, I was in the toilet and it was a three cubicle affair. And um, one of the ladies started talking to another lady uh, about the, uh, the uh, inspection. And she <laughs> said, oh, yes. You know, you know the the one with the uh, the one with the uh, red skirt. Yeah, don't like her. Yeah, <laughs> she's a cow. <laughs> I'd like you're in there. That's me. I was like, do I leave? Do I stay in there? Don't know. <laughs> what did you do? Did you just walk? out? I was out? too embarrassed to walk out. I just thought I'll have to just pretend I'm having a number two and stay a bit longer because. <laughs> It's too much, too much. But yeah, when you go into lose now in schools, there's a lot. You've got that, and then you've got actually, you know, four pages of A4 about safeguarding. It gets a bit stressful, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to read safeguarding while I'm having a wee. (laughs) No, I like these bathrooms where they where they've got some really nice. That's not very PC, Heather. That's not very PC. I'll read it, but just not in the bathroom. Come on. I just, you know, a moment Give me a break. for a pee. I like those bathrooms that, you know, wash and a proper towel to dry your hands and yeah. um, and those baskets of those things that, you you know, you might need and you just think, oh, that's really thoughtful that, that you know, they've put some yeah. towels in there and bits and bobs. I like that. Yeah. Or as my girls used to call them, the mouses. Mouses, mummy needs mouses <laughs> with a string tail. <laughs> yeah. uh, we know them. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I rant then? Yeah, go on then. Have, have I prepared you for 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 the rant? Yeah. Well, kind of. Um, it's a question. My sentence. Come on, can we do better than this? Oh, that's a bit contra. Well, I, 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 I don't know, it just breaks my heart a little bit when I'm seeing teachers. And this is not a rant at those particular teachers. Um, it's maybe just a rant at the, the scenario that they've been putting, really. You, you, you will have seen them where they're going, I've been asked to lead an insert on reading yeah. for pleasure, or I've been asked to lead a research on... Um, Metacognition. 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 Genre in music, Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and they're going, has anyone got a PowerPoint? Yeah. Or has anyone got any ideas? And I just kind of throw my hands up and going, what? 
what are we doing? Why has the teacher been put in this situation? Why are they being asked to lead some CPD? That they're not an expert on or they're excited about or passionate. Or sometimes Exactly. You said when we were talking about ECTs last week and it really stayed with me and struck me that we're giving them this really great base, but then CPD should be this heartbeat, this kind of thing that keeps pulsing right through your career because we're all still learning individually, but then we're learning as a profession as well, aren't we? You know, there's there's bigger, uh, maybe not bigger, but people in different positions than us that are doing uh, pieces of research. And it's it should be informing our practice. And I feel like sometimes SLT are going, we've got to tick this box. We've got this on the school development plan. And we need to say that we've had this training on it. And it's, mm. I, I mean, who is it actually any good for? It's not good for that teacher who's been stressed, yeah. feeling yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the the other teachers and teaching assistants who are listening to it, well, they're not actually getting any expertise, are they? I'm sure plenty of those teachers make the best of this scenario, and I'm sure lots of people who are supportive in the profession will send them good stuff to share. But it can't be good practice, can it, Jane? No, no way. But you see it with lessons as well, like, oh, my mind's gone blank. I've got to do a, oh, my mind's gone blank. I've got to do a lesson on phonics. You know, we just think, what? Like, it, I just I just think it, there's a rudeness in it as well. Do you know what I mean? I think when you're, when you're inquiring for very small bits of advice or do you think I should use this picture or this picture, that's absolutely fine. That's almost like you're at the edge of your thinking and you just want a bit of yeah. su- co-support. But I just think sometimes the cheek of some people as well, like can you have – but what – because we're such a sharing, caring community as well, it's like people are handing over stuff that is personal to their school, that's taken them, you know, six Sundays to write. It's not yeah. on, is it? Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. I kind of just wanted to shout out, if you're, if you're put in that position, yeah. then hopefully you can feel bold enough to say, okay, I hear you that this is what you want doing, but I need time. I need somebody to direct me to what research, you know, what book to read, what websites to look at, what other school to visit who are doing this thing. Um, I I can't do it unless I'm given the time and the tools. Yeah. And if you're SLT and you're in that scenario, you know, think carefully about who who you're asking. Or if you haven't got that within your school, I get school budgets, but you've got to look outside your four walls. The experts are there. Um, And I know people feel uncomfortable about an expert coming in who isn't on the chalk face anymore, but they, they may have been previously and they bring all that experience and then they niche down, they go right into what they're focusing on and that's why they are of benefit because they are so focused on that thing that you guys need training on and and then they are of value um I just feel like we need it's not in every school but I do see it a lot a lot on social Mm. media yeah I'm gonna breathe yeah rant over right you're right hun 
Happy Hev's back. Have you got... I think my sentence might be related to yours in some way, actually. Did you want to say anything else, Heather, there? I mean, I've never known you'd be so... on, on, on You probably do... You don't normally end in such a gnarly way. <laughs> I can do passion at either end of the spectrum, you see. Like, woo, this is amazing, this is nice, woo, let me go. But when I kind of get a bee in my bonnet as well... And it's a kind of, I'm going to go with righteous anger. It's, yeah. you know, it's for the good. Yeah. Um, but it does get on my work. But yeah, yeah. I'm done. Uh, it's You're not done. good for me to wallow in it. I've said no. what I need to say. You've you, offloaded, you, babe. You can, you can go for your sentence. Now. Yeah. Sum it up, Jane. Uh, well, mine is uh, burn bright, not burn out. And it's this sense that, um, you know, we're only new into the term, but you can suddenly feel very frazzled. I've met a lot of teachers who have just said to me first sentence, it's not COVID, it's just a heavy cold. It's not COVID, but I'm really feeling under the weather. It's not COVID, but I feel awful. And, yeah. um, and, and it's suddenly already, you know, how do we look after ourselves? And I always think um, whenever you're checking in with yourself, uh, you know, how are you? One of the good um, self-tests for how you are is I always think people should think about their toenails. Um, just hear me out on this because okay. if you are, everything's good in the hood and you are really prioritising yourself, uh, toenails are quite low down normally, aren't they, on the priority list? And if you're, the state of your nails will always be an indicator of how your self-care is going. You know, have you cut them? Have you degunked them? Have you pushed your cuticles back? And often the answer <laughs> is no. <laughs> and that's where you have to start. Start at the bottom and work up, I feel. <laughs> you know, and like, what are them things? You used to be called them plastic things that were pale blue that you, your grandmother used to put her feet in, like a foot spa. Oh, a foot spa. We need oh. to, they're, they're good, aren't they? But we don't, I often think that's why um, grandparents were always just so chill because they had foot spas. Um, Maybe because they were retired. I don't know, one or the other, Jane. <laughs> no, you die if you retire. Honestly, look at the data. Yeah, you do, don't retire. That's stupid. Um, but we say in our house, uh, when we're fed up, what goes first is music. And and already this week, I've found, I mean, I travel a lot for my job. I drive into different schools, um, you know, working with their English curriculums. And sometimes, I, I, I sometimes look at when I put the radio on or the, the dance tunes and I've been on the road for 48 minutes or 53 minutes and it's like you know when you're feeling good that you can just put the music straight on but when you leave a yeah. school and you're having to think, file or mull it over and I think, you know, sometimes as well I have to, I've mulled it over and then I have to pull into a lay-by before I walk into my own house because I haven't, I've done all the post <laughs> file. Yeah. It's like, brace yourself. You've got to walk into your own house. Are you mentally ready for that? <laughs> oh, dear. But, you know, 83% of teachers are suffering from work-related stress. And I did just want to say um, it's a start. It's not perfect. But the DfE this summer 
has launched, uh, we'll put a link into it, the Education Staff Wellbeing Charter. And it is the DfE and Ofsted recognising that they can be part of the problem, like publishing uh, new documents, you know, on a on a Sunday at five o'clock or at midnight, and um, Ofsted recognising that they're part of the um, tipping point for stress. And so, please go and seek out the Education Staff Wellbeing Charter because it it's global and a guidance. But I think uh, schools being sort of hyper specific about well what is that in our school you know all of the things that we can look after each other and of course I'm not going to say anything new we know the two things that are going to help us um you know sleep we've got to have eight hours to get through the four cycles of sleep but also exercise and this rant actually is for me because I actually really quite like exercise I've just reflected since we've gone back to school I've done no exercise I've done that thing where it's like wall of exhaustion I can't get out the house. I mean, when I go to the gym, I've got to say, it is a bit of a fame 1980s affair. I love a a leg warmer. Oh, oh, I can see you in all the lighter and the leg warmers. Flamboyant. Oh, yes. I'll have a headband. I'll have a sweatband. It's coordinated. I love it. But swimming, just... Swimming truly is my favourite exercise, but even for me, when the, when it gets a bit stressy, the thought of like the damp, rolled, ropey ridge of dampness lodged on my cellulite, that's my knickers, by the way, trying to hoik them up. That, it, just the thought of that, the thought of that, I just, I can't even get out the house. I know if I get out the house... I will go to the gym or swim. But I just can't. No, isn't it? It's getting over that. It, once the momentum's there. Yeah. And that, yeah. You, you have to have a word with yourself, don't you? And say, come yeah. on, just go. Even if I just say, well, I'll just do one length and yeah. then um, and then I'll get in the hot tub. But once yeah. you've got in the pool yeah, and then you've done one, you go, oh, yeah, I can do another one now. Yeah. Um, so I think it's about carving out the time. I think carve's a good word, isn't it? Because there's a sense of kind of, it's a bit hard work to do that, to look at your week yeah. and say, yeah. when am I going to push my cuticles down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When are you, Heather? Marking when? our cuticles. Marking our cuticles. Daddy or chips. Daddy or chips. <laughs> chips every time. Chips, no swimming. Oh, yeah. But we've, it's, you feel so much better when you when you do the walk, the swim, the the whatever you need to do, the the yoga, the lie in a dark room. You know, um, I think as we go into push into autumn yeah. and into winter, the darker nights, it's all the more uh, apparent um, yeah. for, for people to do that because you feel like you're getting less of a day, don't you? You yeah. get home and you just go, oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's it's important. It really is. And, yeah. and help each other. I think it's, it's if you've got someone that says, meet me at this time to do, then you're more yeah. likely to get that run done, that walk, that, you know. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm, I'm just changing the subject now because just ever so briefly, because I got reminded this week. Do you remember episode one? We talked about lesson derailers and we said yes. that the top one was wind um both types or maybe wasps <laughs> claire francis mailey got in touch to say uh 
listen to this that she works overseas as a bit of context there uh that her best lesson derailer was the kids go miss 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 it's a snake and it was a snake <gasps> what <laughs> no can you believe that joe no, i would be on the table as well <laughs> what kind snake. of snake a python a python <laughs> I mean, really, it's oh, just... It's okay, kids. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It's more scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> Grab oh, the paper towels. God. Yeah, so there you go. If that's uh, So if you ever want to work in Thailand, uh, Heather, I can link yeah, you up. Yeah, we're selling it. Go be an international <laughs> teacher. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, dear. We've got a great guest today, Jane. Ooh. Very exciting we got? guest. Who we got? Oh, I know. Well, I've remembered. No, I haven't forgotten. Ginny. Ginny. You know who this is. I know oh. Ginny. I've worked with Ginny. She is, I worked with Ginny when she was um, a power crazed head teacher. Uh, I say power crazed, she's just the most adorable uh, love bomb kind-hearted woman I can't wait to talk to Ginny uh really for me Ginny's uh job has morphed and changed and it's much more in line with her who she is and her principles about life so I can't wait till she tells you uh all about that I can't wait to chat to her too. So we, we've we been uh, sent a copy of her book uh, all about being a Senko and her character and her voice is so strong through it uh, and her passion. So it's going to be really, really good chatting to her. So at the moment, she's a Send lead across four schools and the Senko for, the four, for those four schools. She's wholly focused on... Um, on being a Senko. So uh, should, should we let her come in? Should we have a little chat? Yeah, come in, Ginny. Can't wait to have a chat. Ginny, you are welcome to the Teacher Squad podcast. Uh, I know you and I know each other, but I've, I've known you in your head teacher role. I want to hear all about your your new role, your, your new life uh, and I suppose what your what your day to day week sort of looks like. Okay, so yes, we met when I was a head teacher back in two thousand and five, uh, and I I'm still linked to that school. So Amazing. I went from being the head teacher of the school. I had my son. Things changed, and I went back to being a class teacher there, the special needs coordinator of one school then became the special needs coordinator of two schools and then i had the twins so then and then, then i then i became of four so um yeah i'm 2 years into being the uh special needs coordinator of four village primary schools and like you said i found my i found my place i found my ness you know yes. i've i've i found where i should be and i'm doing that role three and a half days a week and I go across all four schools and it is just part of part of who I am really and you have how much of your week oh sorry Jane go on 
Yeah, all I was going to say is um, one of the things that really struck me um, when I read your book um, and um, Heather, we're going to put a link for your book and um, Ginny, just remind all the listeners what your book's called and who it's published by. Okay, so my book is Independent Thinking on Being a Senko. So, and and it is 100. I'll read. I'll read from the book. It's 113 tips for building relationships, saving time, and changing lives. Yeah, and what came through so strong in the book was your words that were kind of echoed all through it. In fact, a pathway through it where you talk about following the empathy road. Um, Tell us more about how you enact that and how you help others to enact that when looking after children who are vulnerable and have challenges and are, are kind of come under your wing uh, of a Senko. So about five years ago, I had a eureka moment. It's in the book. I had a eureka moment with Send and I was sent on a course for a child, about a child. And I had to set the uh, work. I had to go to somewhere far, far away. And the car park was really full. And I arrived at this uh, course not in the best frame of mind. And then I found out about this approach called the PACE approach by um, Dan Hughes and Kim Golding. And it was that eureka moment for me with special needs. It really was a moment that changed my life and I have been teaching 25 years and I was like why has no one told me about this before and I came away from the um from that course and I felt I had to share the the message about the pace approach and so I did a talk at something called Educating North Ants in 2019 and that was the start of of kind of me speaking because I speak about special needs as well and me really embracing the empathy road and then during lockdown one of my best friends who I've known since being uh, at uh, nursery she is in marketing nationally and she said to me what are you Ginny what are you and I said you, you know what I am and she said no no you've got to tell me so and she said tell me what other people think about you and then she said Ginny you are follow the empathy road Absolutely. And so now, she then oh, uh, signposted me to somebody who then gone. She signposted me to somebody who then gave me my logo, which is little red shoes. Which and I always talk about follow the empathy road. So my logo is two red shoes. If you go on my website, it is all about following the empathy road, and and it is what I am. And it goes through the book. And the, the editor, who was amazing, Ian Gilbert, he was like, Ginny, we've got to weed this through. Oh, Jane, I feel something coming to me. It is a theme. You always talked yes. about having themes going yes. through writing. <laughs> and that is the theme that goes, goes throughout the book, which is about following the empathy road. And I feel so strongly about it for children, for staff, for parents. It's it's not rocket science, but it just takes a bit of time and reflection. 
Uh, it came through so strongly in the book. And I have to admit that Senko is never a role that called to me. In fact, it kind of frightened me that the kind of um, the paperwork and the pressure and your book probably wouldn't be one that I would have naturally picked up. But I so enjoyed kind of reading through it. And the bit that struck me um, strongly was about parents. And you said um, that they're the highest ally. And I think sometimes in staff rooms, even staff meetings in CPD, we, we can place parents on this uh, almost on almost as an enemy and kind of like they don't know. But I loved the way that you said, you know, about the parents, know, you know, they know the children and how you nurture those relationships with them. And that us approach, um, I, I just it just really resonated and I thought it was really powerful. And I actually thought, even though the book says being a Senko, that all teaching staff need to read um that and 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 understand that relationship building uh, for classroom practice as well as understanding and um, what the senco role is in the school and senior leaders to kind of understand what what their senco should should be um tell us a bit more about your approach with parents so one of the things that i really really am passionate about is building relationships with parents building strong relationships and when I do talks one of the talks I do I talk about the spider's web of trust and it's about we as the educator have to spin the first thread from our spinneret I found out that's what it is we have to engage with the parents first and find ways to build relationships with them and also when they come to us, they are coming from a place that we probably don't know what's happened that morning. We don't know the email they've had from the LEA. We don't know the knockbacks they've had. So I always say, firstly, they're the expert about their child. I always say that I firmly believe in flattening the hierarchy. So they come in, we are as one, and I always offer a cup of tea. And I also look at the arrangement of the room. I love a round table. A round table brings us all together. I don't sit yeah. on the tall whizzy chair and they sit on the lower chair because that's a hierarchy. But I listen. And I had a parent not long ago who'd come to one of our schools and she spoke to me about her child. And she spoke and she spoke. And I listened and I talk about listening to understand. And at the end she said, I like you because you listened to me. And that made me feel really sad, thinking, has she not experienced that before? And so parents come in. I, I talk about um, a logos, ethos, pathos approach. Some parents come in very emotionally. They may be quite angry or they may be very, very upset. And we have to read the parent as they come in to see us. And I'm OK with that. But the one that I have found the most difficult is the logical the one who comes in with the folder, they produce yeah. the folder. And that really used to freak me out because I was thinking I'm being judged. Now I say, let's look at the paperwork. And I have amazing parents who do so much of my work for me. 
they I had a meeting the other week. This parent came in and she had printed stuff out. She'd written on it. Then I wrote on it with her. And it's just this togetherness and, and it's act, being actively encouraging parents to really have a voice. And it takes time. I think it takes a year for yeah. me and a set of parents to actually trust one another. And the other thing is they may trust me, then that we may have a little bit of a bump in the road. But because we've got that relationship, that's okay. We we can get over we can we can get over that. And I also believe in um finding time for parents, investing time with parents when they need me, because otherwise it escalates. And I've got so many occasions where parents have said, can, can I have a minute? And I'm like, oh, I'm just about to do, when I was class-based, I'm just about to do that science experiment that <laughs> I've been, you know, I've, it takes me a week to kind of sort out. And then I'm like, I don't give them those five minutes now. They will never come to me again. And that time is lost. So it's it's about triaging my time as well. And now I say to parents, can this wait? And sometimes they go, yeah, Ginny, it can. It can. The other thing is they call me by my first name because I'm happy with that. I could talk about this for hours. Or sometimes they go, I need you now. And I go, you need me now. Yeah, that's so important. I think... You make me cry, Ginny, because um, parents to be able to let their guard down and say... I need you now and to get to that place with parents um there's lots of you know you know the scary mums you know oh I wish it was a closed door policy oh rolling the eyes we know why we get there as teachers because time is the most precious commodity of all but I I see the you know you mentioned the folder mum I I've been a folder mum and I think the folder mum is also um, it, it's it's about anxiety. Yeah. That's because even though it looks like mm-hmm. hold on a minute, you're keeping paper on me, you're recording things, you're writing things down, and I'm here trying to help your child. It's the parent is also feeling anxious and is scared that words are going to get lost or float away or decisions because that's what's happened before. And it's armor. It's the armor. Yeah. It, it's it's the armour. And what I find is there are lots of parents who are lions and lionesses. And absolutely, absolutely, that is how it should that is how it should be and how how they have to be. But what I find is when we are together, we are, oh, I'm getting all literally, but we are literally that's the right word isn't it we are together and we are as one and then I find when we go into meetings with outside agents we literally are as one and people find that and it upsets me people find that surprising so it obviously isn't the norm when I go to meetings when I go to mediations when I go to tribunals we are as one school and home we have no chinks. 
We have no chinks in our armor. Oh, we're getting all weapony. Mm -hmm. But we don't yeah. because we are as one. I have meetings before meetings so that parents can talk through what they're going to say. And I say, you don't need me. And they go, I do, because what if I can't speak in that meeting? And then I say, well, I will speak for you. And do you know what? They never need me. But but I'm there. But it all takes time. This is what it all comes back to. I'm fortunate. I have got flexibility of time because I am non-class based. I have got a bee in my bonnet about um, Senkos who are class based, who have a Wednesday afternoon for their Senko time. And if you're yeah. not careful, you get sent those children who are quite challenging. And you are supposed to be doing your Senko work. There's a, a training on a Friday, but you can't go because you're in class. So I'm in a very fortunate position being a Senko of four primary schools. I can go on the training and then it benefits my four schools. I've got the flexibility of time to be able to find a time that suits the parents. This is another thing as well, that, that meetings have to suit parents. And sometimes I have one parent with me in school and I might have another one on a Zoom call. And it's about, it's about being kind. It's about being flexible and saying, which of these suit you? It's about just handing that back to the parents and going, what time would suit you as well as suiting me? And people really appreciate that. You know, they appreciate just a cup of tea and being given choices. Yeah, I think as, as school, we sometimes feel like we want to have all the strings. We want to be in control. It kind of frightens us. But you talk about in the book being honest I think you, you put professional honesty and say I don't know this but I'm going to go to this and find out or you know we can find out together and there's a real there's a real strength in that and it would last week we were talking about early career teachers with with Andrew Taylor and I can think of a couple of stories from my NQT year with uh, children who had particular needs and making incorrect decisions and not necessarily being um, supported or guided enough. What would your advice be for those early career teachers um, uh, to build those relationships, to get to work towards that point um, where they can have that professional honesty with those parents in in their new class? I think when I was in my first year of teaching, I did a big faux pas, which was a parent came to see me about their child and their additional needs. And I I didn't address it straight away. And it snowballed. Because I don't know why, I just thought it would go away. and. My head teacher was brilliant and he supported me and said, Ginny, when a parent comes to see you, always see them as soon as you can. Otherwise, it will come back to bite you. So I think it's about I think it's really hard as an early career teacher because I know I wanted to appear to know a lot. So yeah. I think having a mentor 
who you really look up to. I had an amazing mentor. And if I was ever concerned or worried about something, I would go to see her and she would be in meetings with me and she would support me. So I think if you ever think you are going to be in a situation where you feel a little bit out of your depth, have your, and I did have a mentor who supported me. We have those people who fill in paperwork with us, but I also think to have that person who buys, um, makes you, buys you a cup of tea and sits down with you and just goes, yeah, I absolutely get it. So I think it's really important to have those people to support you because I wouldn't, when I was um, an early career teacher, I wouldn't have felt comfortable going into those meetings by myself. I would have just, it's a bit like with the parents and myself. Well, it's just the same, isn't it? You know, that we always need somebody to support us. So if in doubt, have somebody there who can support you or also say, if a parent catches you on the playground, I don't like playground chats. Putting it out there, I don't like playground chats. I, I like to bring people in for a cup of tea. I just don't like the idea of the playground chat. I think it's awful for everyone. But if you are caught unawares, then you say, do you know what? I will find out and I will come back to you by the end of the yeah. week and do what you say you will do. I guess reflecting on it, that's one of my top tips is if you say you are going to do something, give a time scale to it and do it. I need you on my shoulder, Ginny, just every day, probably, for other things. <laughs> uh, I've got another question for you, though, Ginny. Your book, how will it help other Senkos out there? I mean, what are you hoping to, um, you know, ensure that they can grasp onto if they read your book? I think it's, I hope there is an honesty to it, which goes, Ginny's written this book. She hasn't got all of the answers, but because she's sharing things that have gone wrong, you know, and, and, and I hope that comes across that, that actually we all have to consider how we might do things differently next time. But then there are other things that I think are helpful, um, things to do with technology because I am technologically not blessed, but as it is in the book, <laughs> COVID, COVID arrived and I suddenly stopped bartering about technology with my colleagues and I had to actually do some, you know, proper technology. So I, little technology um, hacks, I think are great about having another screen, about splitting your screen, anything that can save time because we want to be with the children in the classroom and I know as all Senkos if we're not careful we end up in a dark room filling in paperwork so things that can save us time I also think we are allowed to say no you know oh Ginny you're really good at filling in forms no no, no <laughs> I'm not filling in your forms because I'm, oh Ginny's really good with parents no, that doesn't. No, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to see all the parents. So I think this idea of um, saying no, or delegating to the right person, making the school admin your best friend ever, because they have so much paperwork to hand which they can pass on, um, 
I think that they're all little tips that make my life easier, especially as I'm across four schools. When I started across, across four schools, I basically had a Tesco trolley that I was pulling <laughs> with me, you know, behind the car. So I was like, right, I'm going paperless. And I, and I went paperless um, through necessity. So it's about changing things to save us time to make our life easier so that we can be with the children. My yum-yum time, and I talk about yum-yum time, my yum-yum time is when I am with children. So when I can be with children by saving time in other ways, that then I'm happy. One of the things I learned from your book, and I'm going to finish on this, Ginny, uh, was how talented you are when there are five people in the room, you know, parents, you know, that you, you will have the pupil voice there, the class teacher, um, the educational psychologist and maybe others, that you see it as your job and role, not only just to listen, but through summary, through very um, sharpened listening that you draw and mirror back everybody's views and what's happened. And actually the, the power of that is that people then know that it has been noted and it has been listened to. And there's an empathy in that, that actually you're, it's, it's not that it's just washed over us, that you will mark it at particular points and summarize particularly if it's a long meeting I just adored that I was like oh Ginny that is that needs to happen more so that every it's almost like we're all on the same page we've all lived through that half an hour this is what happened uh, and that you see that as your role and that you listen to the quiet voices and of course the quiet voices might not have even spoken the quiet yeah. voices I'm so pleased you said the quiet voices it gets me I have had meetings whereby I have gone round and asked everybody if they would like to ask anything or say anything more. Oh, the quiet voice gets me every time. It just it gets me. It gets me in my feels because suddenly that person says one thing and it changes the whole meeting. But we have to listen for the quiet voices. I had a meeting and this person, and it was a Zoom, this person had said nothing in the meeting. And yet I could just tell that they had so much to say. And when I invited them in, that became the outcome of the meeting because yeah. of what they said. And I'm so pleased you brought that up because it is so powerful and yet can so easily be overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Ginny, it's been so good to have you on. I thought I'm sure we could chat for hours more. Can I just finish with two things? There was one part of the book and you were telling a story and you said, my Senko senses were tingling. And I just thought, Do you know what? That summarises you. You you are some kind of Senko superhero. And I absolutely love that and thought, Do you know, if I need a Senko or I was the head, I would want you in and I'm just going to read uh, just 
uh, two sentences that that you wrote that I thought were really really powerful. You said through our strength we can help parents to be strong themselves. Through our listening we can make sure they are heard. Through our voice we can help them to find their own voice. Oh Ginny that's amazing. Uh, do you do consultancy and go into other schools and can people reach you and get advice? Can we get hold of you? I mean, everyone will want a, want a bit of Ginny in their lives, surely. Yes, they should. <laughs> well, I'm like a cake, like a send cake. Yes. Have a piece of Ginny. Um, yes, mm. I do, because my, um, my work within the four schools is part-time. So, yes, I do consultancy work. I work with primary SENCOs. Um, I work with secondary SENCOs. I right. also um, do talks. And you can find me. I'm on Twitter at SENCOGirl. And my website is www.ginnybootman.com. And you will see my lovely red shoes, my lovely logo there as well. But, yes, I'm doing lots of work um, to support SENCOs. Um, and a lot of what I do is a listening ear and people bounce things backwards and forwards and we have dialogues. When I go in, it, it becomes this, this um, it's a level dialogue. We discuss things and we change things together, which is absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant role for me. Oh, you've been great, Ginny. Well, there's no place like Ginny. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you for taking the time out today. Oh, and uh, you've been a real delight and give us some uh, deep insight, actually, to the power of listening. I, I, I need to... I need a bit. I need some training. I'm not very good at listening. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ginny is amazing. She is oh, a beacon of how we all Senkos, you know, need to be. Absolutely. She's just what an inspiration. Yeah, yeah, loved her. So good. I happily recommend that book. And um, the publishers, Independent Thinking Press, that have, have been very kind and have given us a code so people can get twenty percent off. So we will be sure to share that in the show links. Great. And last week. Ooh, yeah. We were giving away some copies of the lovely Andrew Taylor's book. We had lots of people on Instagram and Twitter finishing our sentences for us, didn't we, Jay? Yeah, yeah. I had a, we had great. We got two winners. Would great. you like to know who they are? Yes, please. Ooh, would you like to do Instagram winner or Twitter yeah. winner? Twitter. Twitter winner. Let's go to Twitter. So Laura Fowler, our sentence was the best thing about having an ECT in school. And she finished it with getting a new view of your school and its practices. Oh, that's good. I like that. So yeah. we're going to whoosh yeah. <laughs> Andrew Taylor's book over to you, yeah. Laura. And let's whoosh over to how many whooshes do you think I can get in? We're going to whoosh over to our Instagram winner. So Mrs. T loves to read. Nice handle. Um, and she finished the sentence with, the best thing about having an ECTs in school is their enthusiasm and new ideas that lifts the school and keeps us all wanting to try our best. 
Oh, well, that is lovely about ECTs, isn't it? They're not bitter and twisted and moaning, are they? <laughs> still not joyous not, yeah not yet um not yet. i um wanted to uh finish the podcast on um this book that everyone is raving about and in my opinion if you are in year six and this this needs to be the second half of the summer term this book by Matt Goodfellow, The Final Year. Oh, it is amazing. It is a story told in verse and it's about, uh, you know, a year six lad finding his voice, uh, finding his place in the world and finding his people. And I'm just going to read um, a couple of verse moments from this book uh, right at the beginning, part one, before we begin. Um, I'm going to just read two sections, actually, um, but the sort of uh, setting the scene, uh, you need to be able to pin this down. So you can see it in your mind as it plays out. Picture where it's happening. Imagine it's summer, a hot one. Leave the suburban semis to their leaf dreams and head for the city, straight into the streets that surround the centre. See how things are different? Yeah, it's tighter here. You, you can feel it. See the takeaways and neon-washed litter. The dish-figured pigeons huddled under railway bridges and flyovers, buses, Taxes, pizza boxes, vape shops. This is not a place of Labradors and lattes and electric Audis. This is a place of staffies and cider and exhaust pipe smoke. A place of one foot in front of the other brother, because what else are you going to do? See that tall, skinny kid with the ball in his hand saying, see you later to his mate? That's me, Nathan Wilder, Nate, 10 years old and a week away from the end of year five. And I'm going to jump ahead just a bit. Can we just have a moment? I mean, oh, it's no. Isn't it? I love it. It's not Labradors and Latte. So good. Go on, Jane, go on. I feel really guilty because I've got an electric Audi. I feel a lot of shame. <laughs> <laughs> And your whoosh, and your whoosh. <laughs> I've got whoosh and electric Audi. What the hell? Um, yeah, I, I feel very shamed, actually. I don't listen. I'm ruining the planet with me whoosh and I've got an electric Audi. However, I did help a man who got punched in the face. I mean, I'm sure that's sort of... Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that absolutely wiped all the others out. Oh, dear. Uh, I'm jumping to part three here. Um, okay. End of year five. So we know where he lives, but year five ends and you're going to go into year six, but this is end of year five. All through year five, they've been telling us that next year will be tough, that we better be prepared for it, that it's a stepping stone to high school. Look, it's time to show what we can do, that it's SATs, that it's boosters and revision and that it's a fishbowl and everyone looks at the year sixes and it's time to knuckle down and focus and it's all worth it in the end and it's the most important year of our lives so far and we need to act 
like it. And it's all going to change after this year. So we need to enjoy it while we can if we're going to make ourselves proud. And it's time for us to step up and become top of the school. Yeah, it's the final year. I just think how how you manage to write a book in verse I think that's the highest of talent to be able to do that but each one just just grabs and the really gets it the moment look I'm lost for words because those words are doing the job grab by the throat I'll tell you what when we interview Matt so we're gonna interview Matt we haven't told him yet you don't know when we interview Matt. Yeah, you're going to come on, aren't you, Matt? <laughs> oh, you, me, and Matt, we're going to write the script for this, as in, like, it's going to be the TV show. It's just, it's going to be the, uh, what's the ABBA one? What am I on about? Like, oh, <laughs> Mamma Mia, the final Mama year. Mamma Mia. <laughs> but better and grittier. Oh, it's so good. This is just. No wonder this is taking the teaching world by storm. The final year, Matt Goodfellow. Um, Heather, I, I'm, yeah, over to I'm you. I'm delighted you chose that book. Can I just, I'm going to, I feel like I need to whisper because at this moment in time, the subscription boxes haven't dispatched. But by the time this episode goes out, people will be realising that that is one of the choices in the upper key stage two box for this term. So good choice, Jane. Before I do my wonder of words, I just wanted to shout out to, um, I've only printed the first page, but this is a, a paper and it's really easy to read because um, it's a nice short summary of a little bit of research that Farshaw have done, story time in school. And this wonder of words bit, I, I love this bit of the podcast where we just get to read aloud absolutely one of my favourite parts of the teaching day as well. But this uh, bit of research um, has just come out this week and it shares some findings, which we all, well, I'll say we all, let's go back a bit. Lots of us know the power of consistent, and I think that word's important, consistent reading aloud and the impact that it can have um, on our pupils. But I love the way this paper talks about the impact on um, not only their comprehension and the reading achievement, but it's about the teachers uh, as well and the well-being and mental health. So grab yourselves a little look at that. And if you are not reading aloud to your class every day, that is my first tip for any school that asks advice about a reading for pleasure culture is to make that time sacrosanct. Everybody has to do it. And we do it each and every day uh, and the benefits will will be reaped. Um, yeah, little rant, but there we go. I'm going to move on. My choice this week is from Murder at Snowfall. For a few reasons, my daughter has been engrossed in her read at the moment. This book kills. She's onto YA books now. And uh, she's been reading to me in bed, in the car, um, and she likes, and I just thought maybe that doom and gloom of Jane is rubbing off. 
uh, I'm bringing a bit of murder to, to the moment. <laughs> but also, I'm really excited this week because uh, we are going to Bath, not Bath. We are going to Bath Festival and we get to go and see Fleur Hitchcock. So I thought I'd bring a bit of this. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of a prologue. Um, mm -hmm. But I love the device of this one. Uh, the prologue, uh, you read it. And to be honest, I could have just read the last seven words. They've got just as much punch. But with the um, the part of the story that the prologue is, we get to in chapter six. Mm -hmm. And I love that as a kind of story device where you get a snippet and then you go back and then into the story. And when you get to that moment, you just ride over it. I think it's a great device for engagement. So here's the prologue. I bet there's a body in that. Lucas pulled his blazer tight around his chest. He pointed at the grey cabinet that had appeared in the lay-by a few days ago. Bet there isn't, I said, dragging my school skirt down to cover my frozen legs. Why would anyone leave a body here? Go on then, if you're so sure. Open it. I stared at the cabinet. It was waist high, at an angle, propped against the skanky barbed wire fence. Sleet flakes were settling on the metal. It's probably colder than we were. I touched it. It was. Ow! I said. That's frozen. If I'd left my hand on there any longer, it would have got stuck. So, he said. I looked back at the cabinet. It was actually big enough to put a body in. Suppose you're right. But you said I couldn't possibly be. Go on. Open it. I wish I hadn't. Oh, I did. God. Whoa. Do you know my stomach dropped then? So would you have opened it, Jane? Yeah, I'm naughty. I would have opened it, but I skanky. So, oh no, you'd have been the one egging someone on, wouldn't you? Go, go on, <laughs> open it. You're like the voice on the shoulder. Go on, <laughs> skanky. Bring that word back. That sounds like my brummy up bringing that bit skanky. Yes. Skanky, <laughs> Jane. We forgot to tell people what? how they could win Jimmy's mm. book. Oh, tell tell me now then. How can they work? Well, we're going to Oh, do no, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you. We always finish a sentence when we're going to give away stuff. And this uh, week, the sentence is, being a Senko is like. Uh, we want to hear from Senkos. We think this book deserves to go to Senkos. Um, so uh, we're reaching out to the Senkos out there so we can give these books a good home. Um, are you doing anything good this week, Heather? Yeah, another busy week ahead. Mm. Um, I've got two amazing virtual author events. I'm so lucky to get to host those. Um, please do check them out, listeners, on our website. We've got Sophia Ahmed and, oh, Maz Evans and the oh, new, um, who, from the Who Let the Gods Out series, Oh yeah. Maya Gods. Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for a good Mayan book to match the history curriculum. And of all the people to write one, boom, she's someone else we need to get on here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, she's coming to Cornwall to do some author events in a, in a, in a week or two. So uh, 
I'll have a chat with with Maz then. And then I'm going to uh, an English Hub teachers conference in Saltash. So that'll be nice. nice. What about you? Well, uh, this week I was doing uh, my Fantastic Foundations course where we're really getting under the skin of emergent writing with four and five-year-olds and the nine stages. Yeah, nine stages of emergent writing. What are they? Um, If you're in early years, do you know the nine stages of emergent writing? Um, So that you can really look out for progress and value it. But what made me laugh this week was uh, Sarah, one of the... you know the early years uh, teachers who was there she was saying like we are putting word center stage in our practice and uh, this one uh, moment she was saying this week they showed a picture they're trying to get beyond happy and this one <laughs> this one child said um she feel she felt pride pride and she was so proud of the word she kept saying pride 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 and a friend uh wiggled at a jumper and went it's not pride it's not pride and like like really loud stopping the teaching and learning it's like all right well listen what is it could be better it's not pride you call it prime prime you know the uh you know the e number drink that you have (laughs) (laughs) when you said she was wiggling her jumper i thought you were gonna say it's prime arnie But, you know, it's like, yeah, it's this blue off your nut drink that's overrated. No, it's not a good word like pride. It's the crap drink prime. Yeah, but she was (laughs) correcting her. Like, it's not pride. It's called prime. Oh, my life. Uh, (laughs) And what have you got coming up this week then? Oh, I don't know. You know me, I'm on the road. I'll tell you what, I'm doing hooked on books training on Friday in London. But, you know, reading reading a bit like you babe we care about books don't we we certainly do and that seems like maybe a nice note to finish it's been a good episode again how did we manage it i love it i love the way we compliment ourselves we've been great haven't we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a stick it. oh no do you know what you need jane what? have a wash <laughs> thanks babe I'll have a wash <laughs> better than a punch in the face So we've come to the end of another wonderful The Teacher Squad podcast. So it's Heartburst. From Jane and Big Love. From Heather. See you next week, everyone. See you next week.